Matt, how are you? Good, Sarah. How are you? Good. <laughs> so Matt and I had an idea to do a podcast just about, you know, low-key real estate things. Right. Me, my two cents, because clearly I can talk to a wall, is that real estate right now is very glamorous. We have all these reality shows about real estate. And to me, I find real estate to be a very big, like, you know, relationship job. And we're just regular people. And I don't want it to be, like, intimidating. And I'm also finding a lot of the media that's out there right now is geared towards other people in the industry. And it's not capturing the people we want to talk to, which is people that want to buy and sell houses. Right. So we're going to talk about stuff that has nothing to do with that. We're going to talk about crime. Right. Yeah. We're going to we're going to dive into some 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 real estate crime, maybe some other crime throughout all of this. Yeah. Um we're going to you know, we'll, we'll still kind of give slight, you know, updates on market stuff. Nothing really too oh, yeah. in-depth, just kind of stories that we've experienced and then yeah. just kind of go at it. We we'll wanted... start with real estate and we'll end with horror stories. Yeah. It's going to be great. And I do think that, you know, a lot of people don't understand how dangerous of a job real estate is. I think that you think of it as very much an office job, you know, stick a sign in the ground, everyone's, you know, whatever. It's it's a super dangerous job, especially if you're a female in the field. Mm -hmm. And it's something that, you know, we all have to be hyper aware of, but not a lot of people talk about. Right. Like realtor safety is something you talk about within your brokerage maybe once a year when they go over it because they're required to talk to you about it. Right. But it's not something that is on the forefront, I think, of everyone's mind. Yep. And crime podcast just happened to be the thing right now. So here <laughs> so let's just are. mesh it. <laughs> and we don't have a name to this show, so if anyone has suggestions, feel free. Yeah, feel uh, free. It's TBD, <laughs> yeah. to be determined. But we'll start with the real estate. Yeah. So we got a client. We're going to call him Joe. Joe. Name ain't Joe, but we're going to call him Joe. And literally... 20 minutes before this started, we had um, an appraisal come in super low. Yep. And if anyone here is following real estate, which we hope you are, whether you're buying, selling in the field, um, appraisals are like the it language right now. Everyone's talking about them. Everyone mm-hmm. wants you to waive them, which when I got into real estate eight years ago, that was like, the market had just crashed. <laughs> like we were just recovering from the crash that right. appraisals were the cause of this. Right. So they do make me a little nervous to see all of this happening, but... I'll let you carry out because it's really kind of on the lender side that gets it first. And then you deliver the bomb to me and then yeah, I just kind of like, try to deactivate crap. it together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. So like you said, literally 20 minutes before we started this, we got an email where one came in a little bit light, little, mm-hmm. you know, 30, 30, 30, 30 grand 30 light. 30 <laughs> 30 grand no light. No big deal. <laughs> so, you know, it's, this is, these are kind of situations that I think a lot of people don't recognize can happen Mm-mm. when you do when you do waive your appraisal and why it's important you have the right lender and the right realtor because we have a solution right we right almost solutions right stock. we're gonna we're gonna come up with solutions <laughs> um but it's, it's important to note that this it's not all you know sunshine and rainbows Mm-mm. with these transactions it's not you waive the appraisal the appraiser says oh it's close enough we go up and mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're good and it's like an unfortunate circumstance that it's almost in every single scenario now that i'm submitting an offer that the first question is well where's the appraisal language right and honestly up until this summer I was able to be like what are you talking about yeah like kick rocks no when the, we'll cross the bridge when we get to it when the appraisal comes if it's low we'll renegotiate like any other market right but now you can't it's honestly and I can't stress this enough it's like it takes one person to screw it up for lack of a better term mm-hmm. like I showed a property to the same buyer and I knew that it was overpriced it didn't have any offers and I thought that we could get it at asking and I've gotten three contracts on at asking in the last 12 months so I know I can do it right and one other offer came in and it was fifty thousand dollars over asking and right. there was no other offers in hand right but so one person right just completely just, annihilated right. for everybody. <laughs> 
And now that comp is... And, no. that, and that's what I was going to talk about, too, is this is the big deal with it, is when people waive the appraisal mm-hmm. and it comes in light, they still pay that number. Now, that comp is not based off the appraised value. That comp mm-hmm. is now based off the sale price. Yep. So now everyone's house in the neighborhood hypothetically See, just yeah. went up in value when it really did great didn't. for a homeowner. Like, it's really terrible for a buyer right, right now. <laughs> it really is the right. worst. And in this specific instance, like, we have the comps come in and... You know, in order for us to get this offer accepted, it was we were negotiating for two days, mm-hmm. and in this particular instance, there was no way around it. It right. was if you want this property, you have to. You're going to agree to. They're calling it gap coverage now, to <laughs> which is tech, gap coverage. By the way, is like when you get for a car when you're like closing yeah, it anyway. Yeah, it's, and it's like, like insurance. Period. It's not supposed to be for appraisals. <laughs> so they gap coverage. We agreed to pay because you know I am confident in understanding the values in this area. And I know that this property is worth a certain value. Right. And it came in way lower. And I think that, you know, me, you, and the lender all are kind of, like, puzzled of, like, where is this number coming from? Right, right. And so, you know, what's that, a, what was – I'm interested to hear a little bit more about the solution you yeah. were thinking of. Yeah, so instead of, you know, everyone has this option. Mm-hmm. And instead of paying, you know, the, the difference per se, mm-hmm. you're still hypothetically paying that difference. Mm-hmm. Except you can just now – um, spend the same amount of money, but your down payment becomes lower. Mm-hmm. So luckily, this client was putting enough down to where there was very strong buyer. Very strong buyer yeah. um, was putting enough down to where he wasn't running into any minimum down payment requirements. Mm-hmm. That's the only time this would become a problem. Yes, so where he has that buffer now, we put the same amount of cash down, mm-hmm. right? But now only thirty grand less of it's going towards your down payment. Okay. So so the loan amount stays the same as as we all originally talked about. Yeah. But now he would just have to deal with mortgage insurance mm-hmm. for an X period of time, yep. right? But it's still going to be cheaper in the long run. He's going to spend significantly less money than paying thirty extra thousand dollars out of his pocket. So it, you don't save the thirty grand mm-hmm. hypothetically, yes. But you do in the short term, yes. If that makes sense. And I think that it's this is such an odd situation to be in because ordinarily, literally, up this is the first deal I've done where I've agreed to an appraisal gap. I've right. never done one on right. the buyer side. I refuse to do it. And this time there was just no way out of it. And this person's been looking for such a long time. Mm-hmm. Interest rates are rising, and that's putting pressure on buyers to be like, all right, I want to be done with this. Mm-hmm. Let's go. So, um, in a normal circumstance, I would be like, oh yeah. Came in, came in 30 G's low. What you gonna do about it? <laughs> now I'm like, ah, what do you mean? What are we gonna do about <laughs> it? Do it's about like, it? shoot. Like, I'm a list agent. And so, but in this, I truly, in a specific situation, feel so strongly that this one of those fucking comps is yeah. not appropriate. It's not right. Yeah. Like, how are you gonna, this. Right. But this, again, is where the team approach comes into play. Exactly. It's important to have people on your side that don't just kind of accept the appraisal for what it is. Yeah. Sometimes you have to. The comps are there. We And ordinarily, I would be about it. I'd be like, okay, sellers, this is for you to figure out. And right. my tactic is always, okay, and it, or, again, this market's on crack. So <laughs> right now, like this, this seller could technically tell me, like, all right, see you later, bye. But in a normal market, I say, okay, that's fine. We're not going to pay that. Or we'll agree to pay, you know, say 10000 more. Right. Um, if you would like, you can walk and you can go put your house back on the market. And when people ask you why it fell apart, you can say you want more than what your house is worth. Right. 
And that has worked for me every single time. Right. <laughs> so now I'm like, well, we have these buyers out here just whipping cash out their pockets. Right. Just ruin it for the rest right. of us. Right, it is, because it's like, oh, someone might pay it. It's like, honestly some... <laughs> And I'm like, if we could just hold out as buyers, like, just hold out, dog. Yeah. Just hold out. Yeah. Stop being so open to just, like, open your checkbook. Like, yeah, I can. It's weird flex, dude. I can wave the appraisal. That's a weird flex, dog. Like, right. you want to know what the house is worth. Right. What do you mean? I'm going right. to wave your appraisal. Right. Like, for me, I feel, like, so strongly about it, like, it's like basically buying a car and asking someone to be upside down on it. Yeah. Hey, the, you want hey, this, this guy to be upside down on his house like immediately? Right. In an already highly inflated market? Like this is nuts. Right. So it's I, really That's actually exactly how I describe it to people. Yeah. When people exactly don't do understand kind yeah. of how it's working, I go, it's like when you, if you were to ask somebody for $15,000 for a car that's worth twelve. Yeah, exactly. What would you say if you were that no. person? You'd say, no, I'm only going to loan you twelve. So exactly. then you gotta come up with a three somehow, but exactly. then it kind of gets people thinking like, well, why would I buy a fifteen thousand dollar car if it's worth twelve? It's like, what? Well, see, and it, exactly, it's all clicking. And it's because all starting we have to click. all of these, I mean, I still am going to play, you know, hardball yeah. if I have to. Like if if our client Joe, Joe. decides not to take this option, <laughs> and I have to go to bat, I mean, I'm I'm gonna go and swing and dog. Right. I'm gonna go in and just say, listen, put your house back on the market then. Right. Put your house back on the market. The only downer is that we, this is the position we're put in. This right. is the position buyers are put in is that they're forced to agree up front. And I hate that this is the case. Yep. And again, in my, you know, I'm on my eighth, ninth year in real estate. I have never, this is the first deal I've never ever negotiated it, yeah. gap oh, yeah. insurance. Yeah. Gap, gap, insurance. Gap, insurance. Yeah. gap coverage <laughs> on an appraisal. And it's like, I'm just so aggravated because, of course, at the beginning of this, Matt and I were like, I haven't seen any appraisals coming in low at all. Yeah, it's been a while. Because all these people are coming, out, while, of the, like, coming yeah. out their pockets with cash. Right. And I'm like, of course. Of course this would be the one. The one. <laughs> of course this would be the one because that's what we said in the beginning. Right. So, fuck me, I guess. Right. But but we can get to what we want to talk about. So Yeah, let's do it. We want to be doing these fun it's not fun. See, I'm I'm messing up the verbiage here. <laughs> Crime podcast yeah. because they are interesting to people. Yep. I always have had a really weird um interest in like watching things like Snapped and Forensic Files yep. and stuff like that. And obviously we have like Bailey Sarian. She's like a big person out there. She does all the makeup tutorials and like the, I think she calls them Murder Mondays. Um, but this particular instance here, um, the first person we're going to talk about, I think he's probably one of the most well-known, mm -hmm. unfortunate um, murders in real estate because right. her family is such a huge advocate for real realtor safety now. So this is Beverly Carter. Yes. And Matt, I will let you yes. get going here. Yes. So for those that don't really know kind of what the Beverly Carter case is, like Sarah said, it's probably the one of the most famous uh, real estate uh, agent murderings, I guess you could call it, that it's happened. Sad. Yeah. Um, it is very sad. Um, so she was, I believe it was September 25th? 26th. 26th. Yep. September 26th, um, 2014. She was going to what she thought was a private showing with two uh, potential buyers that obviously panned out to not be the case. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately for her, she got kidnapped and then ended up being suffocated to death by being duct taped Ugh. in the head and like Horrible. just wrapped, essentially wrapped around not being able to breathe. And the reasoning behind why this person did it was because they said that she was a rich broker. Yep. That was it. Yep. Just because she was a rich broker. Right. Like they think we're just walking around here with wads of cash. <laughs> like, so yeah and, I, and that she was alone that was the yes. other big thing too was that she was alone and they knew that there was nothing that she was going to be able to yeah. do and i think that you know it was really sad and it was really like the more i read about it i i pulled up this article that was i think it's from just arkansas online yeah 
Um, I think that was the first one I read actually. When yeah, I sent these. it's a it's very detailed. It's yep. like day by day. You know, she was missing for a few days mm -hmm. while her family and every everyone in the real estate community in her area came out to look for her, which I thought was like really sweet because. Right. You know, real estate can be very competitive. Yep. Shall, shall Sometimes brokerages catty, don't like each other. Know? But <laughs> it was nice to see everyone kind of come together to help this family. And, you know, what had happened to her, even like she actually did kind of take realtor safety into consideration because she told her husband where she was going. Right. She sent her husband a text that, hey, I'm going here for a showing. Right. And when he didn't hear from her by 9 p.m., He's like, what the hell's going on? Right. And initially when I read that, like 9 p.m., like you waited till 9 p.m., but then I'm thinking in the summertime, I stand outside talking to my clients if I have a showing at 7.30 that sometimes I'm out there till 8.30. Right. Because they're so interested So it may not be unusual. Or, exactly. And so, you know, it's just kind of a scary situation to yeah. be in. Yeah. Um, and I know, uh, well, I shouldn't say I know. I've read. <laughs> I've read. <laughs> that the, you know, the whole kidnapping plan actually went away for them. I didn't um, know that. Yeah. So they originally were, I think they both worked in like a concrete plant. Was this a husband and wife or was it? I think it was a husband and yes, wife. Yeah. Yes. So originally they were going to go in there put her in like a room and in duct taper not duct tape her head but duct tape oh her God. like still and they're actually going to have her record stuff for ransom oh my so God. they because they thought that she was rich and that everyone she knew was rich so they were going to make a lot of money on it but actually so they haven't they didn't work for that concrete plant anymore they just remembered what the layout was and apparently everything changed like the layout of it so they didn't recognize any of the plant oh my God. so then they freaked out because they just had a body in the back of their car not dead alive they know the girl now beverly knows what they look like yeah they know every she knows everything so they actually brought her back to her house apparently and then they tied her up and yeah house. no to the, oh, the to their house, house? Yeah. Oh my God, yeah um tied her up in the bathroom and then kind of was figuring out what to do and i think it was the wife was freaking out the most because there was medication bottles in the bathroom with all their names on it. Uh, so now she knew what they looked like and she and knew their, their names. names. So that, I think that was the turning point where they were like, well, we really only have one option, unfortunately. And yeah, they literally wrapped her head in uh, in duct tape and then she oh suffocated to death. Like, that's, that's horrible. a horrible, horrible, yeah. and obviously then, way to go. <laughs> I know they went back and buried her at that, at that, um, the concrete plant that yes. they worked at. Yeah, to try to hide it. And, you know, I was reading through, like, their, the expectation was, see right here is a quote, my expectation is to find Beverly and to find her okay, but time is of the essence. And at that point, she's probably already long gone. Right, And right. that's what's so terrible. Her family has done, like, an amazing job of advocating about realtor safety. There's yep. the um, Beverly Carter Foundation. And her son, like, at any brokerage, if anyone is listening, if there's a broker listening, you can have a speaker come from her foundation, and they have these kits for, like, realtor safety oh, that's cool. um, that come through because I myself have been in really weird situations in right. real estate. And, you and that's what I was going to ask you if you would, would kind of oh, speak on that yeah, because so. it's this is not th – this extreme is obviously not Happens the normal. All, like, we're, unfortunately, like, <laughs> we're going to be talking, you know, as we continue to do this. I hope it raises awareness of a lot of different things that right. I think I don't really need to say out loud, but this is mainly women being murdered right. or sexually assaulted or both right? because they're vulnerable mm -hmm. and they're just a lot of the time just trying to make money. And a lot, like, for instance, I think it was last year or the year before there was a realtor in the Northeast area, I believe, who was my age and had a, a, a child my age at the time. I think her son was two years old and she got murdered at a showing. Oh my God. And so some of the precautions that I think just for people that don't know, yeah. if you get a message from someone that says I'm a cash buyer, I want to look at a house right now, 
no. Don't go. No. And Don't I know go. it's like, oh my God, it's happening. It's a perfect buyer. Because <laughs> there's not a lot of guidance when it comes to like right? real, when you first get into real estate, it's not like you work for a company and there's training, like you go to your desk every day. It's not that. You are your own business. Mm-hmm. You get your own leads and it costs money to be in business. Mm-hmm. So when you have an opportunity to make some money, you know, it's sometimes like, again, when you're first in this, you can make people see the big checks. Okay, I made $10,000, but... <laughs> You might make ten thousand dollars and then not sell anything for three or four months. Right. So you know, if you are in a financially you know poor situation and you want to go ahead and you know take those risks, you always want to make sure that you're getting proof of funds. You're speaking with their lender. Right. You're getting a copy of their ID. Yep. And um, at minimum, I ask them to talk to one of my lenders. Right. Because. If you kill me, they're gonna know you. They're gonna know. <laughs> they're yeah, they're gonna know who I you got are. all your info. They're gonna know you. <laughs> like, and even so, it's never worth it. It's never worth right, it. Um, right. And I also always bring my brother or my husband, and I tell them that he's my assistant. Yeah, perfect. And I, that's Seriously, just always that's, been my thing. Right. Even at open houses, because like young women in particular, like I hate doing open houses now, just because I've been doing real estate for so for long. for so long, where it's like, oh, that, I'll just have somebody yeah. do it. But in the beginning, <laughs> I was constantly covering them. Right. And after this, I'll tell you some creepy stories, but. You know, young women are always alone in these houses. And yep. sometimes when you're newer, you're covering open houses on listings that are sitting. They're not like these right. open. And again, we're in a market that's completely abnormal where you're having like lines of people outside of houses. For every single In a listing. balanced market right. or in sometimes just overpriced listings, they sit. And right. when they sit, no one shows up. Right. So you're alone in this house. And if you're doing open houses Saturday, Sunday, you could have someone scout you all day on Saturday, mm-hmm. watch what's going on. And then, you know, Sunday they you come back and they're there alone and there's nothing you can do about right. it. Right. I mean, I know I've been in open houses kind of by I mean, myself. I you come with me. Yeah. <laughs> so well, why not? Oh, that's right. <laughs> you have to and I think I remember specifically he said, oh, I think you were like on your way. I was like, can you please wait right there? Because I always check the basement because I've had clients of mine, you know, I've noticed like some sometimes people will go downstairs and unlock the door because they want to rob the place after. Yeah. So I always make sure that the basement door, interior door is locked. And I just check to make sure no one's in the house. Right. And I'm like, hey, Matt, don't leave. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> don't leave right. just yet. <laughs> and, and not to get too far off topic here, but literally, um, I remember that house. I went in. I like turn just basic shit. Turn oh, yeah, on, turn on lights nice. and everything. And then I remember I was upstairs. I was like, man, something doesn't feel right about this house. And then you told me that somebody died. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god. Mm-hmm. I remember literally being in the master bedroom. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> I feel like someone is like staring at me. Mm-hmm. And it was creepy. Mm-hmm. And obviously no one was there. But I, I was like, this just doesn't. This feels crazy. Yeah. <laughs> when I was five months pregnant, I was covering an open house for my dad, and somebody came in with a camcorder, and you know. I had my son in 2019, so this is probably like late 2018. Like, you don't walk around with a camcorder. You got a phone, dog. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) He comes in with a camcorder, and it's like, okay, what do I do? Very creepy. Only filming things around me, near me. So I'm like standing next to the slider. Yeah, it's ready like, to this is, my, yeah. my fat pregnant (laughs) ass out this door. You make one move. (laughs) And so I, that was one particular instance. My when I was on my parents' real estate team, we used to do exclusively new construction. And this one, my stepmom spent a lot of time there alone. And in this one particular instance, and this is where I don't think men think about this the same way that women do, is at my, I was there with my dad, and this person came in, and he had full military gear on, and he said, "Is Roberta here?" That's my stepmom's name, and mm-hmm. and you know, my dad said, "No, she's not." And 
I just got a vibe from him that like I think you just pick up on from creeps when yeah. you're a chick. Right. And so, you know, I looked up his name and it was another person that it looked like he was Im imitating. Another oh, person in the military, God. same exact name, and it wasn't him. Right. And he was like, I have cash. Can you please asking me to walk the new construction units that were just like basically just framed and right. I was like absolutely not yeah no, absolutely not yeah. and then many times throughout the time that he spent at this showing he said I thought Roberta was going to be here alone today yeah, I thought Roberta was going to be so here alone creepy. today and I'm like it's looking so... at my dad and he's like not really picking up on it and yeah. after he left I was like dad do you not realize what that was... <laughs> guy was here because he thought she was going to be alone it's terrifying right and you know when I first got into real estate, that was one of the first things I was taught is never walk into a bedroom first. Right. Always, Always let them behind. lead the way because yep. they can easily shove you in and there's nothing you can do about it. So, again, Beverly Carter, it's brief. It's a very long story. She was missing for a few days. Yep. Unfortunately, she was discovered and now her family has done a really good job advocating. But, um, you know, real estate is unfortunately a deadly job in some situations. In some situations, So yeah. we're going to be talking about some crime. Yeah, yeah. No, we're going yeah. to keep talking about kind of different cases, you know, yeah. every every month, every three weeks, whatever it yeah. may be. Um, we'll always kind of start like we did today with like a little... Real estate blurb. You know, just a real estate blurb, like nothing too crazy, just yeah. just stories that, yeah. that, you know, we've experienced and, you know, not getting like educational, but just no. like, hey, like here's some things to watch out for. Happening. Yeah, just quick, quick little blurb and then we'll talk about fun crime stuff. And Yeah, I think we're <laughs> trying to find our fit here too. So if there's yeah. anything interesting that, you know, you think you'd want to hear from in related to the real estate realm or otherwise, you know, we'd like to hear from yeah. you. If you know any cases of anything. Yeah, in particular. Like, yeah. yeah. Beverly Carter is definitely like the poster child, child for, yeah. you know, realtor safety. And if you check out her website, the Beverly Carter Foundation, um, I can't say enough good things about what her family's done. I've actually, it's funny that you brought her up first because you emailed me and I was yeah. like, of course it's Beverly Carter. Because yeah. <laughs> I follow all of her stuff on, or her son's stuff on social media. And yep. it's really inspiring to see them turn something so horrible into a way to really kind of raise awareness about this is like a real problem right. in real estate. I mean, across the board, it's a problem. But right, but especially in real are. estate. And, and I mean, I know I went to... I think it was like a Manchester Nashua Board of Realtors event, and it was on realtor safety. I was mm -hmm. like, "What do they have to be safe about?" Literally, mm -hmm. and this was you don't four months ago, it. three months ago. I was like, "What, is, what are they talking about?" And then like you kind of sit there and you you think about it. Yeah. Why? And then yeah, obviously they have like a like a former police officer talking about it, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, you you do show people houses alone mm -hmm. possibly at night." It's oh, like yeah. that's. And that if you think about it, if you're buying leads from Zillow, like, yeah, you've never met them, and then you're just meeting them. them at a house. Exactly, and it's <laughs> terrifying. You right. know what I mean? A lot of your real estate business is referral based, but once you get into the next level of it, right. you do pay for leads. You got to scale just part somehow. Part of real yeah. estate is like I pay for a certain service. A lot of a big popular one to start is the Zillow leads, and you know, it's terrifying. Yeah, it's terrifying, and it makes me think. Like I just wonder, like. Was she the listing agent? Was she this person's buyer's agent? Right. You know, like, how did this happen? Right. Because just the way representation works, it's just these are things that I'm curious about. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. This was awesome. Episode one. I know. Stay tuned. I know. <laughs> it's a little shaky, but we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but thank awesome. you very much. Yes. Thank you for listening. Tune in for the next one. Yes. <laughs>